Welcome to the Genius Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McBride. And in today's conversation, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with a person that has been through an incredible journey of navigating through darkness, real life. And I personally coached this person, so I got to witness firsthand how she handled it and the effect that it had upon all aspects of her life and how she managed to navigate through it in the way in which she did. And I believe that's because she spent the best part of her life coaching and helping other people. So she was equipped with some tools that got her through. In 2006, she founded her coaching business. She's the creator of the Conquer Anxiety System, the Awaken Your Abundant Mindset System, and is currently the host and creator of her own podcast, So That Just Happened, which is an honest exploration of what it's like to lose your person and find yourself. She also wrote the empowering book, Balance the Motherload, Reinvent Your Life in Just Eight Weeks. She's phenomenal and I've linked all of her contact details in case you want to follow her, listen to a podcast. So let's get into it. Hi, in this episode, I have the honor of interviewing Carly Cooper. So Carly Cooper is someone that I was really excited about getting on today because she's somebody that's navigated a huge amount of darkness and being able to repurpose her life. Carly? Yeah, hi. You? Hi. So Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It's exciting. And, you know, me and Carly have worked together for over a year as well. Um, and, yeah. I'm just going to go right in and Let's do it. Deep yeah. dive. We don't know any other way. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you. I'd like you to just, you know, speak about the big event that happened in your life. And, you know, obviously being a coach of almost 30 years, you had a lot of tools to deal with things that come your way. Many people don't, but this is also about exploring the inner work and exploring it in a different way. So yeah, let's go right in. All right. Well, um, actually it was two years ago, uh, May 20th of 2021. Um, that was the day that, uh, my husband who I had been with for 27 years, um, took his life because he struggled with depression and mental illness and, he was, um, he was a light. He was somebody who, you know, showed up, uh, in the world. He was a camp director and he was full of life and he was full of light and he made other people feel amazing. And even in his own darkness, he was still somebody who, tried to find the joy and he tried to do the work. And, um, there was just a perfect storm of things that took over. Um, this was, you know, it was in the height of COVID. Um, his father had just passed away. Um, he had suffered from multiple concussions. Like there was a lot going on. His industry 
came to a standstill, as many did at that time. And he was trying, but, you know, something overtook him. And, you know, I don't want to get too heavy into the why of suicide and all of that, because, you know, everybody has their own thoughts and opinions about that. Um, and that's really not what this is about. But um, I believe that something on that day took over. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what happened. And I um, I spoke to him that morning. My spidey senses did not go off. And I am somebody who I, you know, like you said, I've been in the personal growth and development world for over 30 years. I've done a lot of work on myself, on helping others. I'm very self-aware. I'm very in tune. I, um, and my spidey senses did not go off that day thinking, okay, today's the day. Mm. I knew he was struggling. I knew he was in a dark place, but you know, when I spoke to him that day, I didn't think. And then an hour later I found him. Um, and so that's really when this new part of my life, you know, there was a chapter that closed in that moment. And then at the same time, a new chapter began. And I didn't know it at the time. I couldn't articulate it at the time. Obviously, I wasn't like evolved as evolved as I am now because of it at that mm-hmm. time. Um, but I knew because I think of all the tools that and the strategies that I've learned over the past 30 plus years and that I've taught and I've immersed myself in and embodied, something kicked in. And again, it wasn't immediate and it wasn't as clear and I couldn't articulate it then that I, in the way that I can now, but I just knew innately that I had to do whatever it took to be okay. Because at the time my son was 14, I had two dogs. I now had a life to navigate on my own. And it was a life designed for two, but for two adults to navigate. But now I just intuitively knew, okay, it's all me. And I had to do whatever I had to do to get better. And I'm not somebody who, you know, I've definitely had my victim moments. (laughs) I've definitely had my, really? Right. Like I've definitely had my look up to the heavens and been like, really? Like, Mm. can you fucking test somebody else? Like, (laughs) for a moment because, you know, so I've definitely had that and I still have that. And I still have moments of like, just not wanting to be an evolved person who knows better. (laughs) And I just, I kind of want to be like a lot of other people and just like stick my head in the sand or just like numb out. But I can't stay there for very long. I just can't. I believe me, there are many days where I wish I could, (laughs) but sometimes it's fucking easier. Yeah. But it's just not who I am. It's not how I'm wired. And and I think it's because I've done so much work that I've changed my brain. Yeah. But also, so, but also that on that where you're saying, you know, I'm not wired in that way. It's it's important that for people to know that maybe there was a time when you would have been a different way. So I think we do have those innate impulses of I've got to get to the bottom of this and what's going on and, you know, this shit that's happening. Mm -hmm. But I think having that drive and then building upon it with all your tools and changing your brain is also possible. 
you know, for, for others who haven't got it so instinctively and intuitively as you have. Absolutely. And look, even though I'm self-aware and evolved and have the tools and strategies, like that changed, that day changed the game for me yeah. because for the last, you know, 25 years or whatever, I was using more of the mindset stuff and the shifts and the tools around mm -hmm. business, around okay. self-doubt, around, you know, work stuff and career and all of that. My relationship was great. Like I didn't feel like I really had to do the work then. What's shifted for me now and why I continue to like dust off the tools and learn new ones is that now, you know, I've, I've been in a new relationship for the last 10 and a half months. But as, as you know, I've worked very closely with help you helping me shift in this way, but I've had to do a lot of new work and new rewiring of the brain and yes. getting new tools and new strategies around a different area of my life that needed attention. Yeah. And so I think that to your point, there's always work to be done. There's always growth to be had. And we just have to look at like, at least start with one particular area of your life where you are consumed, where your thoughts are going to all the time, whether that's work or romantic relationships or any kind of relationship or finances or whatever it is, look at the darkest area of your life right now. And we could have multiple ones, but what's the one keeping you up at night? You know, that's the one I say, pay the most attention to first because it's going to have a ripple effect on all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think there's always darkness to work on. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, for a point that we discussed in the past is this is real, real time happening. This is your life. This is not, let me just learn some tools, some techniques. Let me rewire my brain because a lot of people go into this personal growth, self-development and, you know, I think you have two camps. You either have the ones that the pain has become unbearable, so it's forcing them to shift, or you just have people who want to explore. But for you, this was not about exploration. For you, this was you were catalyzed into something huge, some huge darkness in your life that you just so happened to have previous tools to work through. But it wasn't it wasn't real time. The tools wasn't to be applied until the you know that catastrophic event that happened that changed your life forever. Well, I think the difference is is when you're just reading to read or mm -hmm. learning to learn, I think that you get a surface understanding of it. You get concepts, you get strategies. Yeah. But until you actually have to put it in place, it's just, at least for me, words and ideas. It's, it's until you put those words and ideas into action, but like you said, in real time scenarios, mm. that's when the shifts happen yeah. because otherwise it's just like, okay, like I've had to reread books that I read when I was in just that learning phase, but I was just like, it didn't like it resonated enough, but now I'm like, no, now I actually have to like pay attention and apply and yeah. so then it becomes, like you always say, an embodiment. Mm. Because when you embody the, the work, that's when 
the change happens because then you're actually living it. You're putting, you're testing it in real time against real situations. Yeah. But I mean, that's a big part of the work that I do with clients is there's no point in me showing you strategies. There's no point in me providing tools or coaching in a specific way unless you're prepared to go out there real time, apply them so we can see what comes up on an emotional level, how it affects you internally. And then that's how we start to, you know, that's when the real alchemy occurs. So, yeah, I mean, totally agree. And, you know, to add to that, what it feels really important is this is real time, but it's also completely out of your control. Mm-hmm. You, you, as you say, you didn't hear, you didn't even have an inkling what was going to happen that day. It just happened. So it was totally outside of your control. You did your best prior to that with your husband and and to help him. A lot of people in this world of exploration of you know ancient wisdom, esoteric healing arts. What I find is the ones to me that I admire and respect the most are the ones who've been through real-time darkness and then they become way showers for others because there's a huge movement right now in willingly stepping into the darkness. So whether that be by a plant medicine you know, you can drink all the ayahuasca ceremonies in the world. You can you can go in all the dark caves for as long as you want with sensory deprivation and, you know, face your inner demons. You can go on extensive fasts as long as you want. However, you always know at some point that's going to come to an end. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a, and and the choice, because... Yeah. I admire people that step into that. I've done it myself, you know, for many years during the past. But for me, I know personally, my monumental growth spurts were when I was thrown into a situation and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Having to face the depths of my soul and not knowing when is this going to end? Will it ever end? And oh, how will it turn oh. out? Yeah. 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 So, so for me, this is why this way is more important. So going through what you've experienced in this lifetime, that to me is the real alchemy. Yeah. The and it shows alchemy. you what you're made of, right? Like, yeah. and, and again, there's no judgment either way. Like something, sometimes this stuff breaks people and mm-hmm. I understand that. And, and I don't think anybody can judge that yeah. because I think it's based on you know, how you were raised and the kind of environment you were raised in and, and, you know, and, and how you were supported or not supported or loved or not loved in your life. And, you know, I think that has such an influence on how you navigate forward. It doesn't mean that you can't change that or, Mm -hmm. but it takes a real inner strength and a real desire. And, and the hard part is and I've said this a thousand times, but the only way through is through, but through is really hard, even mm-hmm. for the most evolved people, even for mm-hmm. the people who have done the work, even it's, it's cause we're all human. 
Yeah. Right. And, and just because, you know, I've immersed myself in this world doesn't mean I'm the person levitating on a mountaintop, like at all. Like I can't even fucking meditate. Right. Like, so I'm not claiming to have it all figured out, but I would say for me, there's always been a drive and, um, I'm just a seeker. I'm a seeker of truth. I'm a seeker of wanting better. I, I, I want the rainbows and unicorn life, even though I know that it doesn't exist, but that's always what I'm striving for. And so for me, there's just that there's no other choice than to sit in the shit, work through it, feel the hard stuff. Like, again, trust me, there have been many times where I'm like, I don't want to do this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't, there are days I don't choose it, but again, because it's just who I am and how I'm wired, I don't know any other way. And so I, I think that if there are people listening to this who feel like I can't, it's too hard, da, 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 like I get that. I understand it. It's not for everybody, you yeah. know, and I'm not saying that like my way is the only way, but it was the only way for me. And because I can't sit in the victim space for long, I just can't. I totally get that. And, you know, you you made it a really important point of you don't want to do it. And that's the difference. You know, we have the type of personalities where even if you don't want to do it, you face it and you Mm -hmm. do it, you know, and sometimes as much empathy and compassion in the world that we have, it can be hard when you witness other people who just avoid to the point where it's like, I don't want to move into that. Well, you will never be able to get through because as you say, you know, the only way out is through. So you've got to sit in the uncomfortableness. You've got to move through that. So, yeah. So I just like to ask you the question as well. When it happened, obviously, you know, it was, it was traumatic, it was painful. But what was the hardest part of having to deal with the aftermath of something like that? I knew for me, somehow, some way, I would be okay. Mm. I have a son who at the time was 14. Now he's six, almost 17. I The hardest part is knowing if he's going to be okay and how to navigate that and how to address it or not address it with him or how to read the room in terms of, is he okay? Is he not okay? That's been the hardest part for me because that's out of my control. And, um, I know for me, I have the tools, the strategy that drive to stop, not stop until I am okay. And to do all the things like I am the person who will do, I mean, shy of ayahuasca, I will never fucking touch that, but (laughs) because I'm just too scared of like, you know, the physical ramifications. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I'm not saying it's not good and doesn't work. I just, I'm terrified of, you know, the fluids that, that come with ayahuasca. Um, (laughs) But, um, but I like, I will try anything or that feels right for me, or I will like invest in my health and wellness. And like, Mm. I know that I will 
get the help I need. But I can't control other people's journey. I can't control how they're going to react or respond or deal with things. Um, and, and that's also like in my life, like in relationships, in family dynamics, it's like, because I'm like wired to like, stop at nothing. Most people aren't, most people will not start at anything. (laughs) I will stop at nothing. They will not start at anything. And it's really frustrating and hard and scary because what's come with this trauma for me is the need for everybody to be okay, (laughs) which again is futile and impossible and I can't control it and whatever. So that's been my biggest work too, is to, you know, allow people to navigate their own shit in their own way on their own time. And that's really hard. Um, But I recognize that my need to step in and control and want is for my own safety and my own peace of mind. It's not necessarily helping them. It's helping me. So you know, that's been a lot of my work, but, but that's the hardest part for me is just allowing others to do their thing and live their life and suffer in their own way without intervening and getting involved and taking it on. And I'm still working on that, but I'm getting better at it. Yeah, of course. But then also that's why you do what you do. And that's why you (laughs) coach people, inspire people, why you have a podcast to explore all of these themes, you know, to, because you help people repurpose their life. So born out of that frustration is your desire to help, the desire to offer people a roadmap through the darkness that you've already been through and experienced. Because I know for me, I've worked with many mentors throughout the years and, you know, I've mentored many people. I've I've been inspired by many people. I've worked with lots of teachers. The ones for me that I've always been drawn to, uh, the ones, as we discussed earlier, the embodiment. So the ones that actually embody what they teach. And for me, that can only be through real-time experience. I want somebody that understands me and gets me. I don't want to work with someone that has been on a course. So then they're regurgitating the information from the course or the books. I just simply don't want that. I want someone that's applied those tools to the life. They've changed the life. They've, They've walked through the fires of transformation. And then they're able to then show me some of their medicine in that way. So that's what makes you great at what you do as well. Thank you. Well, I mean, again, I, I don't, I couldn't, I don't have the ability, like truth. I don't have the ability to be anything I'm not or Mm. to be inauthentic or, um, you know, to, to talk about something that I haven't gone through myself. Like I I just, I'm a, I can't lie. I I just can't. So, you know, and I think that that's why for the first year, I would say 18 months, I didn't do anything. Like I didn't teach. I didn't coach. I didn't post on social media. Like I, what I call it, I I cocooned. Like I really like kind of shut myself out because I knew like my first instinct is when I learn, when I learn something or I read something, I want to share it with others. I want to teach it to others. Mm. But I knew 
innately that this was new stuff that I had to learn and embody first before I could teach it. And I didn't know if I was ever going to teach it or if I would ever have the words to articulate what I was going through. But then, you know, through working with you and figuring stuff out and a lot of stops and starts and whatever, what we, I mean, you were the one who told me to do the podcast and it was a brilliant idea because I think the biggest shift for me was I wanted to shift out of coaching and Mm -hmm. more into teaching because Mm. what also came with the trauma for me was a heightened sensitivity to other people's stuff. Whereas before this, I could coach clients, listen to their stuff for the 30 minutes or an hour, and then detach from it and not take it on. And now because of, you know, what I call emotional shrapnel that was left over from the trauma and like, I just, I'm more sensitive to other people's stuff. I'm, I, I, just even energetically, I get more exhausted and, you know, I'm a highly sensitive empath. So I naturally take on other people's stuff. Um, so that this, the podcast was a way for me to share what I wanted to teach and still help others while protecting my energy. Mm. And so, and, and even this program that I'm working on repurpose your life, it's a blueprint of all the things that I've done to get to where I am now on the other side, but even prior to that, but it's, it's going to be more in a teaching rather than a coaching format. So, you know, there'll still be the lessons and the action steps to take. So it's not just listening, it's actually implementing, but it's, it's a way for me to get my message out there and to teach what I feel is helpful and what helped me, but also in a way that honors what I need and to protect myself. So that was the biggest shift too. Yeah, which is, it's great. You know, it's, it's, it's great. And yeah, I I remember the day when we, we worked on it and you knew that you wanted to be out there because you had so much information that you could share and so much knowledge that would help other people through their own darkness but you were just not focused on being the coach that you was for all of those years so yeah I mean so far your podcast has been great and and thank you so many nuggets of wisdom to help so many people through different facets of the life thank you thank you so what do you feel is next for you because I know you've, you know, you touched upon you're in a a relationship now and you know, that, that, that shows as well. Cause you, your husband was 27 years. Yeah. It's a long time, you know, it's the majority of your life Mm -hmm. and you, you know, you completely honored that process of grief and healing because I was there, I was there with you. Yeah. So you completely honored that before you then, you know, decided that you were ready for a new relationship. And now you've been in this relationship for nearly a year. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, it's almost 11 months. So yeah, a year in July. Mm. So you completely got your life back on track. You took control. You launched a podcast You're in a relationship. What do you feel is next after this? 
That's a good question. And one I ask myself almost daily. (laughs) Um, Because I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think what I want is to have like a maintenance for a while of just like maintaining. and, And I'm still, look, I'm still learning. I'm still feeling challenged just by life and the new relationship. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a single mom, like there's still mm. just life to be lived. And I also find that, um, what's different now versus then was that I was, I, I was very driven and ambitious and, you know, type a about my career. And now I'm just kind of like, I, I want to have impact. Um, but my ambition is different and it's not so much about like, I need to get this many clients and have, and make this much money. It's more just like what's more important to me right now and more sacred to me right now. And this may sound totally cheesy, but is like maintaining inner peace and calm (laughs) and like, just almost like having no drama again, not realistic, but I'm trying for that. I just want to like kind of coast for a while and just like do what I'm trying to do and like trying to like touch more into the feminine energy of things. And cause I've been, I've been operating from a masculine energy perspective for so long, um, that these are all things that are new for me and that I still want to truly embody. So I think that's the work for me right now is to do what I'm doing without the pressure and the hustle and the grind and the results attached to it. And just almost like instead of me seeking it out for something to seek me out, you know? Yeah. Um, And just, yeah. And just continue to just see how it unfolds. Well done, sir. (laughs) So, you know, you mentioned a point that you touched upon was all being in your masculine energy and you've had to, you know, you want to explore more of feminine energy because you've been in this masculine space. And, you know, considering what you've been through, to me, that would be really normal. You've lost your husband. What do you have to do? You have to go into a results and action driven energy. Because all of a sudden you're having to pay the bills, you're having to deal with insurance policies, you're having to deal with all of the tasks that he would have previously dealt with. So it makes sense that you've had to move into that masculine energy temporarily. Yeah. And that's why for me, I just dove into all of the business side of death very quickly, like right away. I put my blinders on. I asked for help because believe me, there was plenty that I didn't know and understand. And it was the overwhelming like insurance and um, claims and forms and banking and mortgage and everything. Like, I mean, I did stuff before we divided and conquered, but there were certain things that I handled and certain things that he handled. And now I had to handle it all. And so I knew for me that I had to spring into action right away to get that over with. And it was almost a really, again, for me, a good distraction. And so 
I just put my head down and my blinders on and I just dealt with all of it at once because I needed to get it over with. And I knew that if I left it because I didn't understand it or I was afraid of it, then I would just keep putting it off. So for me, I have to take immediate action on things that are difficult for me. And then I knew that once that part was done, then I can get to the other parts of grieving and feeling without the panic and the anxiety attached to it because I have all these pending tasks or things that are just overwhelming me. So that was my approach um, was to just dive right in and get it done. Mm, Which makes sense why you would want to do that anyway, because that's part of you taking your power back. That's part of you repurposing your life. That's part of you being able to manifest and create and align with the life that you're living right now. And I also see it with my, like I've seen it with clients. I see it with certain people in my life that when things are overwhelming and daunting and scary, when they're left untouched because of fear and because of overwhelm, it, it, to me, it's like a slow drip of torture because it's constantly on your mind. It's constantly the weight on your chest. It's constantly the discomfort in your stomach. Like it affects your mind. It affects your body. It affects your spirit. It affects everything. Mm -hmm. So for me, I would rather face the fear and the discomfort short term, you know, rather than stretch it out longer than it needs to be there. Because for me, like the actual, like, and I'm an example and you're an example of your own stuff and your own darkness that like, if you were to think about, like if someone were to told, tell me the day before this happened, that this was going to happen and this is what my life was going to be, if they would have sat me down and said, okay, this is going to happen tomorrow and what your life is going to look like moving forward, I'd be in the fetal position and I'd be like, I can't handle that. I can't. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Like, there's no way I will be able to handle that. And yet when you have no choice and you're thrown into a situation, you have two choices. You have a choice of whether you're going to deal with it or not deal with it. And, but either way, (laughs) you're going to feel pain. And I would rather feel pain temporarily I mean, there's lingering, of course, and there's always going to be feelings and whatever, but the real gut-wrenching, don't think you can do it pain, I would rather get that over with and feel that so then I can start to heal because Mm -hmm. you can't, I believe you cannot heal until you feel and do. Yeah. Not just feel, but you have to do, you have to do something to move yourself forward, to move yourself out of it. And by avoiding, and believe me, I get it. I get the need to want to avoid. And I'm not saying like something traumatic happens and you need to spring into action five minutes later. It could be a week later. It could be a month later. It could be whatever it is for you. But there needs to be something that is moving you, even if it's an inch forward, forward. Because otherwise otherwise you are just creating your own suffering. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, 100%. And that 
that point you made about, you know, the feeling element and then the doing. Because people think it's about we feel it to heal it and then that's it. There's no action. And, you know, something in, you know, with, with, with clients that I work with where we can do all the healing, all the feeling, but I'm like, it's time to do. You've got to take action. And then within the taking action anyways, that's the experiential, the feedback real time and then you can move forward to the next stage the next stage and so on so yeah well I even feel it in you know my relationship and it's an amazing relationship but it's not perfect because nothing is perfect and what instead of like looking at it and being like oh this is shit and this is not meant to be and I look at like the stuff that's coming up for me or for him or or both of us as oh this is an area that I still need to heal. This is a wound Mm. that still needs to heal. It's not a bad thing. It's like you said, it's evidence of what we still need to work on. And as long as you're with somebody who's willing to work on their shit and, and, and be patient while you work on your shit and you're supportive and you're growing and evolving together, I think that's healthier than not facing your stuff or pretending like everything is great when it's not for one of you or both of you or, and it's not even that it's not, the whole thing isn't great. It's just, oh, this is an area that needs exploring. Yeah. And I think that, that being with somebody who allows that and is there for it and is willing to do their work too, I think that's the healthiest relationship you can be in. Absolutely. I remember, um, I think it was a a teacher said to me once, you know, we don't, we don't get into relationship to be loved and to love. We get into the container to heal the wounds that stop us from feeling the love that So being in that container helps us remove the barriers to love because as the wounds come up, the more we heal, the more triggers we heal, the more we remove the barriers to love because innately that's what we all love. Yeah. And for me, there's a fine line. So there's the, you know, you've got the the twin flame kinds of notions and some of that can be quite toxic where it's stay in these real narcissistic, abusive, toxic relationships because you've just got to heal and move beyond the trauma that's in those, you know, relationships that that other person's providing under the guise of it's your twin flame. But then you've mm-hmm. got the other camp, which is any sign of a trigger and it's they're out the door. There has to be the happy medium of the understanding of, yeah, okay, there's going to be triggers, but it's our job to heal and move through because that is, that's the evidence. Okay. There's something for me to work through here. Yeah. And you know, that's to me, that's what love is. It's the commitment to growth. It's commitment, the commitment to moving through your triggers as long as, you know, each person's respectful. Yeah. And, you know, there's boundaries and so on. Yeah. And to hold that space for each other, mm. you know, like, you know, it doesn't always, sometimes it's like, I'm going to go through something and he'll be supportive and he'll go through something and I'll be supportive. And mm. sometimes it's, we're both going through something at the same time. And we just need to like honor that. Um, you know, look, I'm, I'm almost 50. Well, I'm in my 49th, 50th year, but I'm 49. And at this age, getting into anything, there's 
going to be baggage on both sides. Like there just is. (laughs) I don't think anybody, if they're being honest, goes through life unscathed somehow, some way. And so, you know, you have to show up for it and be willing to be open to doing the work and allowing them to do the work and calling them out on their shit. And if they're not doing the work and being open to you being called out on your shit, but again, in a loving and supportive way, not in a, you know, abusive or overly critical way, but in a way that's like, no, like, okay, this is, you're doing that again or whatever it is, you know? But I just think that it's a constant, whether you're in a relationship or not, you know, the most important relationship is the one with yourself. So I think that you, everybody needs to be doing the work and exploring their own stuff. And if you're, and and this is what I did with you for like that first, I don't know how long it was, probably five or six months before I even thought about dating again. And you really had to help me through that because I couldn't wrap my head around it. When I met my husband, there was no internet. So, yeah. you know, and you're like, go on a dating app. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> that was your homework. That was your homework. Let's see what like comes the up. worst homework I could have ever gotten in my entire <laughs> life. But, you know, it and I had tons of resistance and like I, I did a whole podcast on that. So I'm not going to bother repeating it. But um, yeah, it was it was like a real. I I had to do a lot of clearing and just a lot. I just have to do a lot. And I still have to do a lot. True. I do. But I have come a tremendous long way. Um, thanks to you. So yeah. Well, that to me, you know, I've got many clients in, in many fields that do many things, but you someone to me that has had exponential growth. It's been so huge. And from where you was to where you are, which is, you know, another reason why. I wanted you to share your story because not everyone's going to have the quantum leap that you did, but if they could just pick up a few snippets of information and some hope and inspiration, then maybe if they're navigating that darkness in a similar way through loss, grief, you know, even a partner who, who, who didn't, you know, pass, but is still there, but they're not together anymore. You know, all all of those feelings, this to me is, you know, who you're here to inspire amongst other people, which leads me on to my next question. Yes. I've never asked you this question before, by the way, in all the conversations we've had and all the coaching we've had, I've never asked you this conversation. I've never asked you this question in any conversation. So... Being a truth seeker, being someone that's always looking and looking for growth, which, you know, you, you've clearly stated you are, and I know you that to be true. Have you found a greater meaning to what happened to you that day? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, look, I don't think it was in vain. I think that there's always a reason for something. Um, I think it was for me to continue to do different work on myself to um, force me to face some things I wasn't facing, to 
feel more, to find my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, because even though I thought I had been doing all of that and I, but I'm a different version of myself now. I'm not completely different, but I'm a different version. I feel like I'm a stronger version and I've always considered myself to be a strong person. Um, but there's a difference, you know, I, I was strong in some ways and now I'm stronger in other ways. And I think it's really about using my voice and really advocating for myself and speaking up and teaching others to do the same. Um, because I think I would have just continued on you know, doing what I was doing and it was fine, but I see that there was still a lot more growth to happen and it it forced me to face a lot of that. And so, you know, it's not something that I asked for or, or am grateful for necessarily, Mm -hmm. but I am somebody who also finds a silver lining in everything. Um, again, not necessarily right away, but I find a lesson and I find a meaning and I think it, it forced me to face a lot of things that I wasn't necessarily facing before and to really step into who I truly, truly am meant to be. And I, and I can't fully define what that looks like yet. Um, I think that it's again going to be an evolution and I'm going to continue to figure that out, but I have made tremendous strides. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Tremendous strides. And yeah, um, I can understand why you feel like that. I can understand, you know, why you feel it happened to you because you could handle it. You were then ready to change your life as a consequence of what happened and find your voice and help other people navigate through that darkness. Yeah. So yeah. It's um pretty amazing journey. Thank you. Yeah. And th- thank you for sharing it with us today. Um well. so where can people find you? So your podcast or, you know, about your work, what's the best medium for people to find you? So my podcast is pretty much the most consistent thing right now. (laughs) Um, so you can, it's called, so that just happened and you can find it anywhere you find podcasts. So Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, wherever else, uh, Podbean, um, that comes out as of now, every Wednesday, I've debated whether to do it as frequently or not, but for now it's every Wednesday. My website is thecarlycooper.com. For now, that's just a place where you can listen to my podcast. Um, I am working on a program. Um, the working title right now is repurpose your life. And when that comes out, then you can go to my website and learn more about that, or I'm sure I'll talk about it on the podcast. I am on social media, but I have to admit I'm not like super consistent because that's just, again, I'm trying to post when I feel like it, not Mm -hmm. when I feel like I have to. Um, so, but I am on Facebook, Carly Cooper. I'm on Instagram at coach Carly. Um, so yeah. So 
if you don't want to get super overwhelmed with a lot of social media, come visit my plate platform because it's not. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm there and I'm present, but I I just, you know, I'm trying to, this is again, part of the new me is trying to be in the flow and not feeling the pressure of like, Mm. I have to post every day. And like, what am I posting? Okay. So I'll post me like sitting outside, like, I don't know. Not that, not that that's bad, but I post that when I feel like posting that is my point. Yeah. No, I totally get that. And I agree. You know, we're on Facebook and things like that. I'm exactly the same. I post when I feel like posting as opposed to I'm going to get so many posts on per week. So yeah. I'll be in a flow when you feel inspired. So yeah. I'm aligned in that way. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you. I'll put all Thank the you. details as well. I will put all the details in the in the description so people can reach out if need be. So amazing. Thanks, Carly. I really appreciate you coming on. And yeah, we will reconvene next week as usual. Can't wait. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Genius Alchemist podcast. If this episode has ignited your curiosity or inspired you in some way, then I encourage you to subscribe and share with friends. For those that want to stay in the loop and be the first to know about future episodes, special offers and free resources, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. By joining my mailing list or reaching out through that link, you'll have exclusive access to all the latest updates on ways that you can connect with me. I look forward to sharing more inspiring stories with you all in future episodes.